Hi there, my name is Romana, and great that you are listening to Philosophy Explained. This podcast is focused on interesting philosophies, so you can find a true connection with yourself and the people around you. Are you ready to expand your vision on life and to be inspired? Then let's start. Last month I discussed The Fountain, a book on family constructs written by Els von Stein. I explained what the fountain represents and why some people ascend in the fountain. Also, I discussed the importance of receiving what your parents can give to you. As the balance between giving and receiving is different with our parents, I focused this podcast episode on explaining the balance in other types of relationships. As you might remember, El says that every relationship should be in balance. In practice, this means that in a relationship, you are able to both give and receive to a similar extent as the person you have a relationship with. El says there is an exception for the relationship between a parent and a child and between a teacher and a student. Your parent or teacher is always able to give you much more than you're able to give them in return. However, this imbalance will not harm your relationship with your parent or teacher. It's unrealistic to expect from yourself that you can return as much as they gave to you. Instead, you pay forward what you can give. That is how you balance a skill. For other types of relationships, there should be a balance between what you give and what you receive. Important here is to remember that when you ascended in the fountain, finding this balance might be more challenging. I think it's much easier to understand why giving is important in a relationship with someone else. All love languages are shown through giving, and love languages are not only shown to our spouse, but to everyone we care about. When you give, you are often seen as the kind and selfless one. When you receive, you are, as else calls it, making yourself guilty. This means that it feels like you owe someone something. For instance, many of us probably experience a situation in which someone buys us lunch, for example, and we respond with, thank you, next time it's my treat. This is the feeling of guilt in action. We acknowledge we received something by showing appreciation and sometimes even promising to pay next time, showing that we value a balanced relationship. In practice, this is also a coping mechanism for guilt. According to Els von Stein, it is natural to strive for balance in a relationship. If you either receive more than you can give, or give more than you receive, your relationship is probably less sustainable than when there is a healthy balance. What you give or receive doesn't necessarily have to take on the same shape as what the other person gave you or receives from you. Sometimes a genuine thank you is enough as long as the other person is willing to genuinely accept it instead of saying something like it was nothing. 
Genuine acceptance here is important because otherwise the guilt is more likely to remain. What you can give or receive is not limited to something of monetary value. It could also be, for example, a listening ear, attention, effort, etc. Most important is to be aware of the role of balance in a relationship and to find a way to balance the skill in a way that is feasible to you. But that's not really a surprise. Isn't awareness the key to everything? In general, as Elle states in her book The Fountain, to be willing to give is considered more honorable than to be willing to receive. Receiving is much more challenging. Receiving puts you in a position of guilt, which many of us feel uncomfortable with. According to Els, not being able to both give and receive stands in the way of committing to any relationship. She explains that it's easier to give because you never feel like you owe anyone anything. However, if you are not able to receive, you aren't able to connect with the people around you. The inability to receive takes away the opportunity for someone else to feel equivalent to you. A relationship is only sustainable when you're able to both give and receive. A healthy, intimate relationship is full of transactions. Your partner gives and you receive. You feel guilty and give more in return. Your partner feels guilty and gives even more. According to Els, that is how a relationship comes to flourish. That might be how you create trust. A relationship could be challenging if you and your partner haven't found the balance in how much you give and receive. When you are offered much more than you're able to return, there's a high probability that this makes you feel uncomfortable. This could drive two partners apart. Therefore, do not only pay attention to how much you are receiving, but also be aware of how your partner feels about receiving all that you give. Make sure to recognize your partner's love language so you realize it when they try to give you something in return and make sure to acknowledge it so they can feel valued as well. According to else, the extent to which you're able to connect with your partner depends on the extent to which you've been able to connect to your mother. If the connection is not there, so if you cannot accept your mother as the person she is, there's a big chance that you become needy towards your partner. When you and your mother have a challenging relationship, you start to see your partner as a person who needs to give you what you didn't get from your parents. In this way, a complicated relationship with your mother influences the balance between you and your partner. You expect to receive so much that you cannot fully appreciate something once it's given to you. Referring back to the concept of the fountain, it's like water is given to you, but it doesn't fill your bucket, as you cannot receive water you crave horizontally. So I spent some time talking about the importance of receiving. However, we are not always just given what we want. As Els explains very well in her book, 
Sooner or later, we always end up in a situation in which we experience a conflict of interest. For instance, at work, we perhaps need to represent our company in a deal with another party. But also in our personal lives, we can experience a conflict of interest with our spouse. When you are experiencing a conflict of interest, how do you deal with that? Are you able to speak out on what you find important or do you feel like you don't like to step on anyone's toes and try to make optimal use of the space you are given while avoiding conflict? If the latter is the case, Else says you are preventing yourself from growing up. When you are afraid of stepping on other people's toes, you take responsibility for other people's lives. You feel primarily responsible for taking care of other people's needs and feelings and by that put yourself second. But if you aren't able to stand up for your needs in cases of conflicts, who is? Someone else? According to else, not standing up for yourself is standing in the way of growing up. Instead, you place yourself in the role of a child who needs to be cared for. You give other people the responsibility for your life because you avoid confrontations. In situations in which there is a conflict of interest, you need to remind yourself sometimes that you are worthy to stand up for. Because you are worthy. It's okay to say no sometimes. It's okay to say what I feel, think and want matters too. It is also okay to do something for someone else, of course, as long as you are consciously making that decision and not do it because you are afraid of how someone else might feel if you don't. We cannot always have it our way. How someone deals with a situation in which things don't go as they please is up to that person, their responsibility. Just like how you deal with situations that don't go your way is your responsibility. People don't owe it to you to make you feel better. It's kind if they try, but they are not responsible for your feelings. Just like you aren't responsible for theirs. Besides, can we truly carry full responsibility for other people's feelings? That would mean it would depend on us how they feel. But if someone doesn't want to be cheered up, they won't, no matter how hard you try. People can only manage their own feelings. It might feel good when you take on responsibilities that aren't yours and meet other people's needs all the time. People like you and you never experience any difficult conflicts. You are always considered a kind person. However, At the same time, you value your needs as less important than the needs of others and make yourself smaller than you actually are. Everyone's looking out for themselves, and by not doing that as well, you set yourself up for loss. When you choose yourself in a situation in which there is a conflict of interest, it could be that you hurt or harm the other person's feelings, even when you try to be as compassionate as possible. As a result, this other person might get upset with you. 
This is exactly why many of us avoid conflict. Because it makes us feel guilty and we don't know how to deal with that feeling. Else thinks it's inevitable to find ourselves in situations in which we can feel guilt. It's part of adulthood and as soon as we acknowledge that, we can learn how to deal with that feeling instead of avoiding it. In an earlier podcast episode, I spoke about the book of Eckhart Tolle and the role of the ego in finding long-term happiness. When you listen to this episode and compare it to the episode about the ego, you might think they are contradictory. In the episode about the ego, I said that the ego is standing in the way of being happy because you are never satisfied and always need more. Also, you take things personally and always feel the need to stand up for yourself. I would like to challenge you to think about the positive side of the ego, now that I have explained to you why it's important to take responsibility for your own life. Why do we have an ego in the first place? Why did evolution lead us to become humans with an ego? Maybe we have an ego in the first place so that we can represent our own needs. Do we need to acknowledge and use our egos in order to set boundaries? Are the philosophies of Eckhart Tolle and Els von Stein compatible? And if so, in what way? If not, which philosophy do you find easier to relate to? I'm very curious about how you would answer those questions. The other day I was listening to a TED talk in which someone spoke about adrenaline. Usually when we feel a lot of adrenaline thinking about something, we associate it with stress and try to do anything to get rid of that feeling. However, this might not always be the best way to deal with adrenaline. Adrenaline activates when our body is preparing for a stressful situation. In many cases, adrenaline might just be what we need to set boundaries and stand up for ourselves. If we want to successfully use our adrenaline in conflicts of interest, we need to mindfully regulate it so we won't be overly aggressive or irritated when expressing ourselves. When we feel adrenaline, it's often our body that tells us we don't like the way things are going. Let your body work together with your mind, so you can effectively stand up for yourself while regulating your emotions. The adrenaline still needs to find a way out of your body. Instead of acting furiously, find a good way to let this compressed energy leave your body. Some people go for a walk, for example. Find out what works for you. But whatever you do, don't ignore how you feel in order to avoid confrontation. You should always try to acknowledge your feelings. When you are able to both give and receive, you become more grounded and rooted. You start to become able to help others and be there for them without feeling like you carry responsibility for them. You have insight in what you can give. You can't give from an empty bucket. 
Therefore, you need to be able to set boundaries as soon as you start to see you're running out of water. It's your responsibility to take care of yourself first. In the previous episode, I discussed how the relationship with your parents influences how you deal with responsibilities. When you ascend, you take on responsibilities that aren't yours. In this episode, I spoke about the influence this has on the relationship you have with others. When you take on responsibilities that aren't yours, you get uncomfortable with the idea of stepping on other people's toes. However, this is inevitable in a world where there are many conflicts of interest. It's important to stand in your own place in the fountain and to acknowledge your parents to connect with them. From a position of connection with your parents, you're able to take full responsibility for your own life. You're able to make your own decisions based on how you want to live your life. Also, you don't feel responsible for the life of others. You can set clear boundaries for what you are and are not willing to do without feeling extremely guilty. Besides no longer feeling guilty for the choices you make, you take full responsibility for the consequences of your actions, but also for your inaction. You no longer feel bound to other people. Instead, you feel connection. The fountain explained a lot to me. I learned about a year ago that I took on an unhealthy amount of responsibility for my mom's happiness and that I needed to set boundaries to fix this imbalance. I grew up feeling much more responsible than a child is supposed to feel and I was pretty independent and autonomous for a kid. Besides feeling responsible for myself, I also felt responsible for my mother's happiness. The philosophy of the fountain made me realize I would never be able to fill my mother's bucket. And soon after setting boundaries, I also realized I don't need to. For as long as I have known her, my mother has been a very strong and resilient woman. I think I wasn't able to completely see and acknowledge that when I felt responsible for her. My fear didn't allow me to. When I read this book, it was like I found the missing piece of the puzzle I had been trying to complete for years. Next to learning about my position in the fountain, I learned about the importance of a healthy balance between giving and receiving. I've been pretty off balance. But now that I understand myself better and learned more about what a healthy balance is supposed to look like, I can start to improve. I must say that while writing the article for this episode, I felt a lot of discomfort. Writing to me is a way to understand myself better. I think about topics in another kind of way and try to understand where I stand myself. When I wrote this article, I realized my personal challenges and this confrontation reminded me of what I need to change to feel more connected to myself. I think that when you realize you need to work on things, 
there's nothing else you can do than to step into discomfort to overcome what you are struggling with. Turning a blind eye doesn't really feel like an option because unfortunate patterns repeat themselves until we're able to work on them. Only then they will disappear. Your world lights up and shadows disappear with the obstacles. I'm not an expert on this field and I am learning as I go. This episode is based on a book by Els von Stein. However, I might have misunderstood some of the things she wrote. Do you want to learn more about the fountain straight from the source? Make sure to read her book called The Fountain, Find Your Place. I hope this episode challenged your mind and I'd love to hear what you think about this philosophy. If you'd like to, you can visit my website www.thetrueconnection.com Here you find many more articles and podcast episodes focused on self-development. Did you like this episode? Don't forget to follow this podcast. Thank you for listening to Philosophy Explained and hopefully until next time.